guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and I, I guess first things first, uh, welcome to a special Sunday edition. <laughs> I mean, there's there's good reason why we have a special Sunday edition. Um, mainly one um, being that um, the this past Thursday I was uh, traveling back from uh, a little trip out to an event known as uh, Paris is Bumping. Um, so yes, I I've returned back home to here to lovely Portland after uh, venturing out uh, for my first time since the pandemic hit along with my uh, now fiance KC. And we took in Paris is Bumping Solid Gold 21. And uh, I am not going to spoil anything uh, here for that show because we have our release date for the finished product, August 12th, over on IWTV. Um, the event itself was an amazing experience, probably the most um, freeing, inclusive, and just off the wall uh, night of pro wrestling that I've been to since Butcher's Gore. Um, which is fitting, considering that was the last one that I went to ahead of that. So, no, the 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 night itself was amazing, and I'm so so happy that that we got the chance to go out and experience that. And I cannot wait for the rest of you to see uh, what occurred on that night, and even the things that I haven't seen yet. You know, because us there in live attendance, we didn't get to see Candy Lee's performance. We didn't get to see uh, whatever Jay Dewhurst is cooking up over there. So there's definitely parts of the show that um, I haven't seen yet that I'm excited to see along with you. And the parts that I did see, y'all get ready. Just get ready. Um, I know that um, there are at least some parts that are going to be released uh, for free, um, as announced by Billy Dixon. Um, I believe the Paris Honors segment, as well as the fan categories, which if you look real hard, you might see someone you recognize in there, um, will be released for free. I'm not sure if there's going to be ahead of the uh, August 12th debut date or uh, around the same time. But either way, a lot of Paris's bumping content coming your way, and I highly suggest you all check it out. Um, it's just the perfect, the perfect return event for having such a long layoff from being at a live pro wrestling show. Um, of course, another reason uh, is because, um, you know, we, both Casey and I, were, the Thursday we were traveling back here, um, that also, that, that time kind of gave us a little bit of time to, to disconnect and take a little small vacation. So um, we did push the show this week back to a Sunday, but we have a guest that's worthy of it because we're kicking off the next 100 episodes of this show um, with Madness, the Texas Hellhound. Now, if you don't um, automatically recognize the name Madness, um, here is why he is so significant. Uh, Madness is an out pro wrestler, uh, mainly wrestling in San Antonio right now. He's wrestled all over Texas in his decade-plus career, but he's also the founder of Pride Championship Wrestling, one of the first LGBTQ pro wrestling promotions in the United States. 
Uh, it's a company that prime really runs only in San Antonio. They don't necessarily have as high of a profile as some of these ones that we've seen pop up in recent years and have been celebrated, but they've been running strong since 2012. They have uh, an awesome event coming up on August 28th called Lucha Oso there in San Antonio. Um, and, you know, man, this is someone who really represents a uh, kind of a, a kind of a forefather sort of idea or figure and when it comes to the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement. You know, Mariah Moreno spoke about him on episode 99 of the show, um, and you know, it's only fitting that 101 we're kicking off with another person who has significant uh, placement in the history of, of LGBTQ pro wrestling. So I was excited to get the chance to talk to Madness. You'll learn more about him here, and you'll learn more about him in PCW coming up and out in the ring, the documentary from Rye Levy, which hopefully will be coming out soon-ish, by the end of the year, hopefully. Um, but either way, uh, it was a really fun conversation, an interesting conversation that went into areas that I didn't imagine it would, uh, specifically kink. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. <laughs> so sit back, enjoy. Thank you so much for all of the uh, celebratory messages and best wishes on the engagement from last week as well. Uh, sorry, I had to slide that in there just a little bit. Um, it was dope. Uh, but with that, let's get to my conversation with Madness the Texas Hellhound. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very excited to have as my guest this week someone who is uh, a history maker when it comes to the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement, um, the founder and proprietor of Pride Championship Wrestling down in San Antonio, Texas. The One of the first, if not the first, uh, LGBTQ pro wrestling promotion here in the United States. Someone who has been credited by many that have been on this show. Someone who continues to run Pride, LGBTQ Pride specific shows down in the Southern United States, and in the, and a wrestler as well. The Texas Hellhound Madness. Welcome to LGBT in the Ring. Thank you for having me. Wow. Uh, well, l let me correct because I got corrected once. Okay. Um, there have been several before me. Uh, Hood Slam being one of them. Mm, okay. Uh, there's been a couple of other ones uh, as well. But we're the first in San Antonio, Texas, and in Texas altogether. Which is an accomplishment in and of itself considering the, the location, you know, I'm not to like, you know, throw stereotypes around here, but like I'm from the South. I understand how, how attitudes towards the community can be at times. So getting yeah. one of those kind of promotions up and running down in the Bible belt as it is like, is a, is a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where you're, where you're just blessed to have whatever you can get um especially here in san antonio wrestling is saturated wrestling here is very very saturated because you have several promotions that run here in san antonio and sometimes some of them run on the same day the only i will say the only positive thing right now that happened 
since the pandemic has been the fact that a lot of the shows are slowly getting started. So that little space in between to have one show for one weekend is honestly a godsend. <laughs> no, I can imagine, you know, just kind of like having things like not necessarily thinned out, but spread out in that way does help to kind of bring the 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 wrestling culture back to the city as, you know, things start to come out of the pandemic, even though we're still in the pandemic, obviously. But, you know, more people are running now. I know that you, your company itself has a show coming up uh, near the end of August, August 28th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Lucha yeah. Oso show coming up there which i'm happy to say lgbt in the ring is one of the sponsors of the event I so think. talk to me a little bit about before we get in, i want to get into like the origins of pcw and your own origins in pro wrestling and your experiences in, in the industry but talk to me a little bit about lucha also first off um what can people expect for for this show how are you feeling is this the first one that you've run since the the pandemic hit last march yes yes it is actually so I'm part of an organization. It's a social men's group here called the Renegade Bears. Mm. So basically, it's burly men that get together and we have uh, social meet and greets. Like uh, we went to a camping site called Grizzly Pines uh, for a weekend. It was great. Uh, bowling, miniature golf, you know, just things just to for people that don't get an opportunity to really experience the bar scene, they just want to do something general with, uh, with, with other bears, hey, by all means. So um, every year they pick, because uh, we have a thing here in San Antonio called Fiesta. Mm. Yeah, Fiesta is the big city party. <laughs> Yeah, trust me, it's, it's huge here. Oh, I can imagine. So, so every year around Fiesta time, we pick a Rey Oso, which hmm. is the King Bear. <laughs> so I got nominated last year, and I won't be crowned until 2022. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is that? I'm curious. Because they're going to wait till the next Fiesta event ah, that we have so that they can bring in uh, community figures in and all that. Okay. Because they're trying to make it a Fiesta event, which, hey, by all means, great. Yeah. Let's get the community involved. Let's get the mayor down. Let's get some city council people down. You know, let's really make this a fun event. So uh, about a year ago, they started planning some events. And one of the ones that I had in mind was a wrestling show. I'd done a wrestling show for another charity organization called the Alamo Empire. And I had done it for about four years. But this year, they took a break because of the pandemic and because of other issues that were beyond my control. So the Renegade, I went to the Renegade there and said, hey, I have an idea for an event. It's a wrestling show fundraiser. And they go, oh, that's great. You know, and we were joking around with different uh, names for it, but I wanted Bear to be a part of it. And one somebody said Lucha also. Wrestling Bear. And there it is. <laughs> so we started reaching out to whatever charity that 
the Ray Oso committee wanted. And they said, well, you know what? Let's go with the, uh, let's go with the MCC food pantry. Uh, the MCC food pantry, the Metropolitan Community Church. Every city has an MCC somewhere in their, in their city, big city. Mm. And basically what they do is a, an all-volunteer food pantry that feeds over, right now, I would say at least over 300 families almost uh, every month. And a lot of their stuff is bought with uh, the church funds or it's donated. What we're going to do is that we're going to alleviate that for as long as we can because right now, even right now, there's still people that are that are still struggling to get back on their feet, or they're just barely getting back on their feet, and they just need that extra assistance. Mm-hmm. And we're glad to be able to partner up with them and say, let's get all our ducks in a row and let's do this. Lucha also is going to be different than some of the other PCW shows, just because of the fact that for the for the first time, and even though we are an LGBTQ uh, organization, I do rely on some of my straight uh, allies to help fill in some spots when we need it. So I can honestly say that for the first time ever, we're about 95% LGBT. And I'm talking about from wrestlers to referees to ring announcers. It, it's really... It's really uh, coming full head steam uh, this time around. And I'm just very fortunate to just have uh, a really great set of talent that was more than willing to come back and understood exactly what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, this, uh, this show, we're gonna actually, we're gonna actually have um, the crowning of our first ever uh pcw bear champion oh okay so I'll, I'll send you the picture later but uh the title belt is based off of the divas title not a bad not it, a bad start there instead of a instead of a instead of a butterfly it's a, it's a bear's head <laughs> So that match will uh, have CJC uh, versus the baddest man in town, Leroy Brown, versus the badass, fat-ass Chino Reyes, versus myself in a fatal four-way. Dope. That sounds awesome. Like I, I love, I love how like these new, not just like the the match itself. It sounds really fun, but the idea of like these new championships that speak to, you know, LGBTQ culture, LGBTQ identities are popping up. You know, like like the creation of of uh, um, of of your title belt, the creation of Butch versus Gore's um, Freedom Open Weight Wrestling World Championship. You know, we just saw during pride month like the prince x of pride championship out in the west coast and you know chaotic wrestling just announced that they've they've retired their women's championship and they're introducing the panoptic championship now as kind of a genderless title what what do you what kind of fuels that motivation for you is is it is it more so just like 
seeing a belt as like a, a way to like outreach to communities that speaks to LGBTQ culture or or I don't want to put any words in your mouth. So I'll just let I'll let you explain that one. <laughs> so to me, I'm 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 a big fan of 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 belts. A lot of a lot of the belts that I have created uh, or had part in creating, um, there's always little aspects of things that I need to have on the belt. When I created the Pride uh, Championship uh, for PCW, the one thing I wanted, I wanted the logo to stand out, mm. and I was very fortunate for the belt creator to actually make the logo to put on the belt. But I wanted something different. And the one thing I'm really particular on is colors. I love colors. And the strap for our championship belt is a white strap. I'll send you a picture of that one too later. Yeah, for sure. I I, I too enjoy belts. So yes, please. (laughs) So the the strap is white. And it's something that stands out. And it just speaks, yes. That's beautiful. You know, it's amazing. And it's always something that needs to be eye-catching. The strap for the bear title is going to be is uh, orange. Mm. So, I mean, that's, you know, another thing, because these are colors that you wouldn't normally see. And it's not really a representation of different colors of the rainbow. It's just the fact that it's eye-catching. It looks beautiful. And if you walk around, and I've done this before, where you walk around a bar holding a title belt that stands out, people will come up to you and be like, oh my God, what is this? What is this all about? I'm loving this. You know, can I take a picture with you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's things like that. It's those moments. It's those moments that networking that you create that make it like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm completely in support of that idea. Like I love a championship that just pops right off the screen or pops like right off of like whatever visage you have of it. Um, like I, I'm a sucker for the, for that stuff. So I am very, very interested to see what this, uh, what this also championship looks like um, as well as the pride championship. I believe I've seen the pride championship belt like once or twice, but I, my, my, my brain, like the image is escaping me at the moment, but I definitely share that love with, with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, if I can just say this, um, yeah. when it comes when it comes down to it, you have to make your mark in this business. You really have to. And I'm glad to see these progressive titles and titles change up a little bit. And I've I've I'm not a big fan sometimes when they put uh, like a, a new LGBTQ plus wrestler in the ring or put them in the women's division. I don't really agree with that too much because mm-hmm. it just feels like it feels like it's shortchanging them. Like they're not good enough to be on, you know, on with you know wrestling the guys. And I'm sure you've seen that in other promotions and other in other places. To me, I and I'm gonna probably get sh- I'm gonna probably get shit for this. And at this point, I'm at the end of my career, so I don't really care. <laughs> but but I think about it two ways. 
I'm not a big fan of it. But what if, what if these uh, genderless titles are the segue to intergender matches? We've had them already before, and the women can hold their own up against the men in the ring, and we've seen it time and time again. So what if these titles could actually lead the way into some a little bit more intergender matches and we have uh you know like a woman win the main title for a company yeah no i'm I'm right there with you like i think i view this this movement as a as a push another push in what we've seen in the the implementation of intergender wrestling you know at least throughout the indies i know like you know impact um, has done some inter- intergender stuff as well. But outside of that, I think none of the major companies have really delved into that. But on the independence, that is a major thing for, for years at this point. And it's proven to be, you know, a, a very good drawing card to bring people in. Um, and not only when it comes to like the, the men and women or intergender matches there, but presenting these kind of genderless championships or opening up the, the idea of what defines a division um and removing those like gender gendered constructs from it like really opens up to your non-binary identities your you know gender fluid identities like people that don't identify on the on the binary um and it gives them more of a chance to really not only see themselves in pro wrestling but see that there is uh, a space being carved out to welcome them and respect their identities in that way exactly and by all means and let me clarify if you if you, you know, if you identify as non-binary, by all means, you are able, you go wherever you want to. You, you be in whatever division you want to, or you, or you play in both. By all means, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is the best and worst example ever, but I was, I was a fan of the concept, not the person, but the concept of what Andy Kaufman was trying to do when he created the Intergender Wrestling Championship. That, in a weird sort of way, that was, in a crude sense, in a crude sense of the word, that was the small pedestal to where we kind of are now because it was a genderless title yeah it was a genderless title and look at where we're at now we're kind of in the same boat except we're not using those uh blasphemous storylines from way back when yeah it's come to a very healthy place in how those things are expressed i feel yes i I truly agree on that one yeah no, but but it is interesting to see because I had never really thought about the Andy Kaufman aspect of that. You know, obviously that it's a legendary run there in in Memphis uh, whenever he did show up there. Um, but I have I never really thought about that in the context of where we now see intergender wrestling today. It's a really interesting way to look at it because I feel like a lot of things in pro wrestling that we view, especially modern right now, when it comes to the the cultural progression of pro wrestling um a lot of the success and health 
of the expression of it now does kind of find some inspiration from some problematic areas in the past of pro wrestling. You know, like I've talked to multiple people, and this also includes me, that like Goldust was their first instance of seeing anybody coded uh, LGBTQ on a major pro wrestling broadcast growing up. And obviously, like, that was a straight person playing a character that treaded into some very problematic places from time to time. But it also provided some positivity in, in a way as well. Yeah, because we can admit when it comes to wrestling and the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ plus, I'm so sorry, no, uh, community, <laughs> we the relationship has not been great. And I'll even go further back if you even want to go uh, further back than Goldust, mm. Adrian Adonis. Mm, yes. And even before Adrian and Honest, it was uh, Gorgeous George. Mm. And well, in between of that was Adrian Street. You know, and yes, these were all straight men that were portraying what was stereotypically, you know, the the exotico, as they call it in Lucha you know, the exotic, you know, wrestler coming down to the ring. He has this fine robe, you know, his luscious hair, you know, all these things. Mm. And we we can all admit that Goldust's Gold run did not age well. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just like uh, DX and Blackface. None of that aged very well at all. You know, but, and these are the sins of wrestling that are at least being looked at and being like, no, this was wrong. We can agree this is wrong. And we now have a new generation of people that are stepping up, making their voices heard, that are saying, you know, I'm going to carve out a legacy that is going to be something positive and I'm going to do what I want to do and no one's going to make me compromise my integrity. I'll give you a good example. Uh, my manager for many years, Sensational Sal, was offered a opportunity to go wrestle at a not wrestle, but manage at a bigger company here in San Antonio. The promoter wanted him to come out shirtless, which is something he won't do anyways, and have glitter on his on his chest. Hmm. And he told them, no. Thank you for the opportunity, but no. I'm not going to. You know, and it's these instances that we deal with that make us the people who we are. I am fortunate to see the evolution of so many uh, of so many of the great and I and I say and I use that word great and I use it and I mean it with the utmost respect of great great talent that has come through PCW and that I've had 
the absolute pleasure of trying to talk to you to come down here. <laughs> no, and and that list is, you know, it it reads like uh, uh, a lot of big names that are right now, you know, in different areas of the country that are um, continuing to, you know, be strong voices and strong presences within the LGBTQ community of pro wrestling. You know, like I said uh, during the intro there, like, you know, Mariah Moreno on this very show, like noted her experience wrestling for, for you and PCW as one of the more fulfilling ones for her um, during during the um, during her career. I know recently we've seen I've seen comments from like people like Tommy Purr out on the West Coast yeah. as well that you know saying that like you know you and PCW have not gotten your your rightful like call out whenever whenever it comes to you know cultivating LGBTQ pro wrestling in this country in the way that you have. And of course, you know, the current crop of wrestlers that you have down there, I know Byron Anthos and you know, yeah. Raisa Clark are two big names down there in, in the Texas areas that, um, you know, have come through the PCW doors as well. And, you know, it's just the, the, the number and names keep growing as it moves along. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if I, sorry to cut Oh, off, yeah, no, go ahead. But, go ahead. but just like Santino Brothers is known for training some really great uh really great uh lgbt uh q plus talent aapw the american academy of professional wrestling and their head trainer papa don papa don is the reason why pcw exists mm. papa don is an old old vet and i say that with the utmost respect because now he has a long beard but <laughs> but with the utmost respect uh he um he started wrestling uh, back in the 90s. I used to watch him. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that he was gay at first. Even after we actually wrestled a few times, I still did not know until somebody told me. And I was like, oh, okay. And I introduced myself to him. and I found out a lot about his story, like literally. He had a fight to prove himself. Because there's two ways you're going to work. You're either going to work the right way or you're going to work the wrong way. And a lot of the times, the wrong way will get you hurt until they say, okay, are we going to do this the right way now? Once they understand that you're not no joke, then we can start to have fun with this. And it took him a while to get that respect earned. But when, when he told me that he wanted to do uh, a wrestling event at Pride in Austin, Austin wouldn't let him. Hmm. So I asked him, and this was around 2012, and I asked him, although it pops, um, would it be all right if I if I use your idea and try to get it down there in San Antonio? He goes, yeah, sure, try it out. Pride San Antonio, the one that hosted the event here. They said, yeah, sure, we're in. Hmm. So that was our first event. 
it was in 2012. Mm. Uh, July of 2012. I remember that. <laughs> it was it was amazing. But ever since then, me and Pops have always uh, we've been close. He calls me a brother, but I see him as a as a fantastic mentor. And he's trained so many guys and welcomed so many guys and gals uh, into this business and treated them with the utmost respect, no matter of their identity. Hmm. Uh, CJC, uh, uh, Johnny Junction, Johnny Junction, sorry. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going blank on a lot of names right now, <laughs> but uh, if anybody is in Texas and really wants to be trained in a comfortable environment, please go to AAPW. Please look them up. Give them a chance. You know, and not only that, but I, I have to say, Texas has always been the great hub of wrestling. And it's showing it here with a great amount of guys that, you know, that are here that are going to be on this event as well. You know, a name that you left out that is an amazing talent and he works his ass off is our champion, Joey Romero. Mm, yes. Joey busts his ass every single time that he's in that ring and he never half-asses and he always, always puts in 100% and then some. Last year's match between him and Byron was off the charts amazing. It, li it literally, it, I'm literally ecstatic at the amazing change that Romero has gone through during the whole pandemic because he started working out more, he leaned up, he's cut, he's ready. He's physically ready. And I cannot wait to see. And, you know, not only that, but, and I'm, I'm going to name some people right now. Oh, Mariah, uh, Joshua City, uh, Michael Autumn, another name from the Valley, Tommy Purr. You know, it's, it's amazing to see all these great people that are paving the way now more than what I could have ever done. I, I always say this and I say it, and I say it for a reason. They'll never tell me thank you. I don't wanna be recognized for anything because they created the opportunity. I gave them the opportunity, they took it, and they made it their own. Zane Zena, that's another one that, that's left off. And I'm just thinking of names that are just coming to me because there's just so many because the list is growing, not only in Texas, but all over. And like every day you're finding out that uh, this wrestler came out or this wrestler is gay or that wrestler is gay. And you're, or this wrestler's uh, non-binary, or this wrestler transgender. You know, I'm I'm ecstatic to hear that, 
that it's not just, you know, this macho man uh, stereotype cookie cutter world anymore. There are a plethora of different people that are owning this. And it excites me for the future. Because it's nice to know that when I say I'm done, it's going to go on and I will just be the another spoke on the wheel. My, my time is done. Mm. My time is done and it just goes to newer folks. No, it is. Uh, it's a definitely an amazing growth period to, to continue to watch as well. I, I think that you don't give yourself enough credit in terms of just like saying you're just a spoke on the wheel because I do think that and this is just a personal thing for, for, for me, from what I've seen with, with you and PCW, like that definitely has been, you know, part of this driving force as well. You know, so like I will, it, it, I, I know you say don't say thank you, but I will say thank you. So <laughs> um, it's just awesome. I'm just fortunate enough to have a career that I should not have had. Mm. Why do you say that? Because I don't fit, I don't fit the style. Um, I do have a lot of haters, <laughs> a lot. But then again, who doesn't at this point? Exactly. I mean, if you want to talk bad about me, go ahead. But at this point, I mean, I'm at the tail end. I'm on my way out. I mean, really, what? What can you? What? What can you do to hurt me? Mm. I want to go back real quick to to Papa Don because like I've heard the name before. I did not realize that he was out, uh, and so that's really interesting to me to, to hear that one of the more, um, you know, talked about trainers down there is out in in a, in a in the way that he is. Like, mm-hmm. what has it been like for you? Like, obviously you had your own experience with him, but what is it like for you to continue to see him be an influence? you know in the same way that he was for you for this these uh newer wrestlers that either they're working pcw or just working in other places in texas but you know kind of giving a more welcoming environment to lgbtq identities in in the area down there i think what it is is that like pops doesn't pull no he doesn't pull no string he tells you the way it is Hmm. and where some people will take advantage of having of having a gay student or having that, you know, you know, like, hey, 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 you know, I, I got, you know, I got this kid here, he's gay, but you know, he's gonna be a big, you know, I'm gonna make him somebody because he's gonna, he's my first student or anything like that. He doesn't see it as that. He treats everybody the same. You screw up, guess what? He's gonna let you have it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't. He doesn't mix words. He tells you how he how he wants the match to go. He wants you. He wants you to know what camera to face. He wants you to know every single thing, because when you leave there, you're carrying the name of Papa Don Whiskey in AAPW. And when you're going out there, guess what? That's that's on you. So if you screw up or you embarrass yourself, guess what? 
it goes back. And he's going to let you have it. He's a hard ass. He really is. He's still a hard ass on me after I've known him for the last 10 years. Mm. He still lets me have it. Yeah. But he'll always tell me, brother, if you need anything, let me know. If you're gonna be in if you're gonna be in town one weekend, let me know. I'll, you know, I'll put you in the show. And I always appreciate that. His mm. door is always open to anybody. And like like I said. It'll give you the opportunity, but it's you to make something of it. Yeah. Wrestling school is an investment. Just like college and just, you know, just like anything else that you're putting your money into, that you're getting something in return. If you're not getting what you're, what you should be learning, then guess what? You're getting screwed. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Alright, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT get five days free check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Well, along those lines, I'm kind of curious to hear about your own uh, origins of your career as, as uh, the Texas Hellhound madness. Um, so talk to me a little bit, take me back to the beginning. Where does pro wrestling first kind of get its hooks in you? I would have to say it was very my fifth grade year. Mm. Um, I was actually channel surfing. <laughs> and I came across Randy Savage. Very good first impression, I would say. Yes. And me, I'm always one for uh you know for being a character so 
just the theatrics of wrestling from the comedy aspect to the serious aspect, all of it. It drew me in. You know, and we see Savage and we see Hogan, you know, and we see all, all these people, excuse me, all these people. And I start getting hooked. My dad brought home like literally a box of wrestling tapes from WCW, uh, WWF at the time, you know, Great American Bash, Starcade, Survivor Series, you know, all these different videos. And I'm watching them and I'm watching them. And I'm like, that's something I want to do. Hmm. So when I graduated uh, high school, uh, my parents had this little trust fund set up where I got a thousand dollars. So five hundred went to a trainer, and uh, got Russell Saul. But his name was Manny Villalobos. Uh, Manny had problems. I love the man to death, but he had problems. Hmm. So he told me one price, and things changed. So after that, it was I can't afford you anymore, and and after that, it was just phone call after phone call after phone call. But I got the basics. Mm-hmm. A couple of years pass, um, I get an opportunity with a company called PWI for Wrestling International. At the time, they used to be one of the biggest companies. It was owned by Shawn Michaels trainer, Jose Lothario. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this version of PWI was a little bit uh, kind of a relic of his former self. But it still garnered so much, uh, so much popularity uh, because of the champion at the time. So they gave me an opportunity. Uh they liked the fact that I knew enough to get by, but they wanted to teach me more. So I would go work out with them. Eventually, I was passable at that. And I actually won my first title with them, which was the United States title. Later on, I got an opportunity with another company called uh, uh, TWA which is where I've been at for, God, since 2008. Mm. In that time frame, in that time frame, um, I was recycled in the same matches with the same guy every time. It was an old vet named Mad Dog Ken Johnson. And Ken was a great guy. He took care of me, but at the same time, I started learning that they put me with Ken because Ken babysat me. <laughs> and I got tired and I go, and I told uh, the, the gentleman that would become my other mentor, uh, CJ Xavier, I told him, I want to get better. How can I do that? He goes, go talk to Kevin Knight. So uh, Kevin took me under his wing and we were trained every day, every single day. And he always would wear shirts that had uh, different expressions on them about not 
giving excuses, you know, and he would never put up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. There's a way. There's another way to do it. That's how I learned how to do drop kicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I trained with him, and I think it was about a good uh, sixteen months I trained with him. Mm. Once my wrestling started getting better, then everyone else started noticing. So I started getting booked in Austin, Corpus, every small town around San Antonio, the Valley, Laredo. And during all this time, I have to honestly say, there wasn't a weekend I was not on the road. Mm. I would do my shoot job as soon as I was clocked out. All right, go home, shower, get my mohawk up that I had at the time, <laughs> get on the road and get to the show. Mm. Live the dream. It was. Yeah. I think I spent more money than I did making money. <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome to hear like just the dedication that you had to it and and just how like hard-nosed you were to make to make it in the way that you did. And it definitely like I think that that definitely shows forward, you know, in the stuff that that you've been doing now, you know, over the past, you know, 8 9 years now with PCW as well as your own wrestling in in other companies, you know, TWA. Um were you out whenever you started pro wrestling or was there, or what, what were your feelings around, around that? Obviously coming up in a, a different era than we are in now. Um, was there any concerns for, for you around that? There was, a, there was a lot of concerns. My manager at the time, uh, sensational Sal, he was out. Mm. There was no way, there was no way you're going to put, you're going to put water on that on that pilot light <laughs> that wasn't even a pilot light it was a blazing inferno <laughs> so even if you tried to hide it it would never happen but um he uh it automatically got associated with me mm. but i still wouldn't actually say it i reached a point in my career where i was just tired of hiding and a lot of the guys that already knew they were already cool with it but um, eventually later on i did get some i would get some flack about it hmm. i remember one guy uh assuming since i'm a little bit more heavy set uh that you know that i really was kind of a pushover he wanted me to sell him my kick pad and he was telling me oh you know these kick pads they're gonna see you know, Europe, they're going to see, you know, all over, you know, let some of your kick pads. You know, I'm, I'm good, dude, I'm good. Because he was talking sh- uh, shit about me and my uh, opponent at the time, which was going to be uh, Zane Cox, hmm. or who later on became the drag queen, Zane Zena. Hmm. So he's talking to Smack, and we go to our match. As soon as our match is over, we get to the back. And this guy comes up to us with his head down and he goes, that was some good work out there. 
Mm. And I looked at him and I go, yeah, I know. The owner of AAPW, this was at AAPW at the time. Mm. The original uh, owner and trainer was named George, uh, George Leisa. Great man. Mm. He called everybody in the middle of the show, everybody that was not in the ring together and said, if I ever hear anyone talking shit about any wrestler in this locker room, you will never work here again. Mm. And me and they knew who he was talking about. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Mm. I honestly appreciated that. But I remember that there were some times where where Sal would get uh, shit too. You know, the Lucha guys love using sound because he was flamboyant and he was out there. But there were some guys that would drink too much during the show. And they wouldn't expect him to do anything if they try to, like, touch him or whatever. Oh, hell no. <laughs> as soon as he would feel somebody, Sal turn around, boom, he would pop him. Yep. Or he, or he would, like, cock back and they would stumble back and fall, and fall back. You know, but I always looked out. I, I would look out for him, and I know that he would look out for me, especially in those situations. But it, uh, it's a little, it, it, at times it was a little heartbreaking to have to, you know, to hear, you know, to hear, to hear the derogatory terms. Mm-hmm. It sucked. <laughs> but I knew at the same time I was doing my job. So if it was getting a rise out of the crowd, I was just like, all right, all right, all right, I'll just, I'm doing my job. So I'll just, you know, suck it up and I just go and do my thing. Hmm. What was it like for you to have um, like leadership at companies like AAPW um, kind of voice that? that support in the way in the way that that he did you know publicly to the locker room to everybody yeah well okay like with pops 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 reached that point where he wasn't gonna hide it anymore Hmm. just like i was and he came out he just came out and everyone respected him for number one because of his number of years but number two because of the sacrifices that he made you know, pops can't pops can't work anymore. He has a hip replacement. He had back surgery. He's mm. done. Yeah, he is done. He's paid. He's paid his dues. And in full, he has paid his dues. In full, he never stopped paying, even in the end. Because when we're said and done, that's when we're done paying for it. You know, it was his courage that in January of 2020, I'm talking about the PCW show that we're going to have. And I'm talking about all the great things that, um, because at TWA, I've been there for so long, I'm, I'm just well received there. Yeah. You literally hit my music and everyone cheers. And 
I'm there and I'm talking about the show and I'm getting emotional while talking about it. And at the same time, I was not in the best frame of mind. I was dealing uh, with a bad breakup that took its toll on me. And during that whole time of just me uh, talking about the great things of PCW, I came out to the mm. crowd. Oh, wow. It's exciting, invigorating, and you think that you're going to be looked differently, only to find out they still see you as, as a person. The person that you always were when you came out, you know, the hard ass that you were when you come out to the ring. And I like that. Yeah. Just because you come out doesn't mean that you're any different. You're still a person. Doesn't matter the clothes, it doesn't matter the hair, doesn't matter the body, just you, the mm. personality. That's what shines through. Mm. Every every person in wrestling evolves. Every person evolves. I have evolved. Madness has gone from different iterations, from having a flow hawk with green to having a mohawk with green to uh, to be channeling their inner pup and using it as part of their persona. Mm. I'm legit I'm legitly a collared pup. Mm-hmm. I am legitly a collared pup. And one of the things that's been going on lately is uh, unfortunately kink shaming, especially around pride time. Yeah. And and I'm sure you've seen this picture. It's the cutest picture of this little girl with a group of pups next to her. Yeah. It's a beautiful picture. And I wanted and I want to show that being a pup is not all sexual. Do some people use it for that purpose? Yes. I use my hood as escapism. Mm. It was because of my fellow pups, Naranja and Pocket, that I was able to stay not only sane during uh, during the pandemic, but also because of the fact that when because that same night that I came out. I got pulled over for DUI. Mm. The next day, I went to AA. Mm. And I started that journey. And I will say, I've been uh, sober for, let's see, uh, for the last uh, 15 months. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And it's 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 a struggle and it's a journey. But just like every good, you know, just like every good story, there's always has to be an ending. And madness is slowly reaching his ending. The 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 pain is racking up. The injuries are piling high. Yeah. 
I I literally live every day in pain. Mm. It's uh, it sucks. <laughs> but I can, I can imagine. But I at least want to go out in better shape than what I am now. Because mm. right now, right now I'm juggling about two fifty. Yeah. And a lot of it was during that time of depression and just dealing with that bad breakup. Five years. Five years will take a toll on you. <laughs> that it will. That it will. <laughs> no, I, well, I'm glad that you have found yourself in, in a better place, and, and you know that you've really kind of worked on that that inner growth for yourself in that way. I was going to ask you about about the the uh, the pup thing because, like, obviously, like you know, your Twitter avatar has you in, in the pup mask, um, as or the pup hood rather. Um, also, like you know, I noticed the, the tag, and as we're talking here, like the, it's very it's very prominent in in how you represent that part of the community in a way, and it's interesting to hear you say that like putting the hood on is it like an element of escapism to you because I feel like. Um, a lot of people in pro wrestling, whenever they're putting on their persona for heading out to the ring, it kind of represents the same thing for them. And, you know, I'm sure in Lucha with the, the, the culture of, of masks there, that that's another prevalent thing for a lot of people that are in those organizations as well. What kind of led you to kind of implementing that aspect of yourself into your wrestling persona as well? Um, what was it that escapism sort of thing, or was it, or was it something else for you in, in addition? I think what it was that when it came down to it, it was just a way of, and it, it, it's been said time and time again, but being that voice of the voiceless. When I put my when I, when I put my hood on when I go out, that's my you know that's my warrior that's my warrior that's my warrior helmet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to war. I mean, you're going to you're going into a fight with a hellhound. How is that going to pan out for you? Doesn't sound like it'll pan out too well. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I put that on, and I and it's for intimidation, but it's also just for that aspect of I'm being the voice of, of the voiceless. When you, when you look at the pup community nowadays, a lot of people don't understand it. I go on TikTok and I look at the comments and I see, you know, and I see people talking crap or when people are pupping out, you know, once again, or on Twitter or on live, they're talking crap. Well, you know what? Stand face to face with a pup in the middle of the ring. And see how that works. See where that ends up. You know, mm-hmm. I still don't. Because if I have to, I'll bite you. <laughs> I will bite you. I will bite your forehead, or I'll bite your hand. <laughs> I will gladly bite the hand that feeds you. Mm-hmm. Hey, sometimes you gotta. No. I, I, I really, really, really um, am enthused by that, that aspect um, and that that is kind of what it is because like, um, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before, but you know, I'm, I'm a furry. And so like, I completely understand like the, 
idea behind like wanting to not necessarily like normalize in, in a way, but more so like, you know, take this this cultural pocket, this community that kind of gets a, a boiled down to one note in public conversation or public um view of, of itself and it really is centered on this uh, like a sexual thing when in actuality it's it's so dynamic and so diverse in what it really represents you know and i feel this just for me like on the outside looking in here like seeing you put the pup community for for like front and center in the way that you do um by putting that in the ring it really really act, like pushes the conversation past that in a way you know, uh, it pushes it, it pushes people. Sorry, my cat is being very, very raucous right now. Um, <laughs> it put it pushes it pushes people to really see these communities outside of that one track mind that they have, you know, and to really realize that you know, these are people that, you know, it, it, it speaks to so much of their identity beyond just a sexual thing. Um, and even in some instances, the sexual part isn't even part of why they identify in that community. You know exactly the pup community is so friendly they're so you know they're such sweet 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 pups mm -hmm. that that use it as a form to deal with sometimes with some social anxiety you can be really really shy be a real timid person but once you go into pup space, you're you're a completely different person. You're not you anymore. You you are in your own mindset, without a care in the world. And that's the way I am when I go out to the ring. I have my day job, and I deal with bullshit. But once that hood comes on. Madness comes out, and we're good to go. And I don't have a care in the world from that whole 10 to 15 minutes that that match is going on. My object is to go out there, either make people cheer or piss people off. Mm. And it's that wonderful escape. Just like when you put on that, uh, that full furry costume, and you're walking around with that cute little hood with the eyes. Mm -hmm. Waving your arms around. Exactly. <laughs> it's that not a care in the world. It's not a care. As soon as I get to the ring, I pose, I take the hood off, hold it up in my in my ring jacket, and let's play. Because I'm more, you don't need a hood to be in pub space. Let, let's just get that clear. Yeah. You do not need a hood to be in pub space. Heck. You don't have to spend a thousand dollars on a furry costume to be to to be, you know, in your first space as I would like to refer to it as. That works. You yeah. can put a <laughs> you can you can put a little a little snuggie over you and you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. No, it's it is it is very freeing and I'm 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 really happy to hear that that you've kind of found that ability through through your own um being able to express your own identity in that way as well in the ring um 
yeah i i it's funny like almost every time i do an interview like you can't listeners you can't really see on the video as we're talking here but um i'm in the process of moving so that's why kind of everything is like all strewn about here right now normally uh -huh. i have my tail like hanging right up here and it's like a like a big mm. rainbow like a nice little poofy rainbow fox tail just hanging out there so like i definitely feel you on um like putting that stuff forward and and making sure that you know um kind of experiencing the freeing nature of it and and not being ashamed to um to put that out there you know despite what cultural talking points might be out there around stuff like that so no like i i really i i did not i like i said i didn't know that about you before and that's awesome that just honestly it endears you more to me <laughs> actually <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we start to wind down here a little bit, I do want to talk a little bit about PCW with you because you All know, right. it's going back to 2012 and coming up 2021, nine years strong. Um, what ha what do you feel like has been the, the major accomplishment so far um, for PCW specifically? Um, I think it has to be the fact that we're, we're not a company that's set on, I mean, the aspect of every business is to make money. That's the key of business. Yeah. But we exist for the fact of giving back to the community. You know, I go out there and I try my best to get sponsors. And Pops is always on me about this, about really making pcw like it's big like it can be big it can be big in san antonio i said yeah but at the same time i like helping the community and if i can get the sponsors to cover what i need to get covered so that the guys are happy and those charities are happy then i'll be i'll be more than pleased to do that you know the Bears have been awesome in helping me out. Pride San Antonio has been excellent on helping me out so that I can get those costs covered so we can contribute to those charities and give back. The future of PCW, I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to keep going until until I say to hell with it all. <laughs> I wish that we had, uh, and, and I said this earlier, and I admit, I wish we had the budget and, you know, the great uh, influences like uh, A Matter of Pride, Hood Slam, and a lot of these other places. But unfortunately, I don't have that luxury because of where we're at mm -hmm. geographically we're in a bad place <laughs> as much as san antonio is so accepting of lgbtq plus people at the same time business-wise mm, they're not they're not willing to put that dime down so quickly especially if you're a small promotion mm. like like what we are we're a small promotion I don't see us as a small promotion because 
I let our reputation and what we've done speak for itself. That's why um, the talents of Mariah Moreno have come through here, that Tommy Purr came through here. You know, I try to do my best to not only bring hospitality, but I also try to create a family atmosphere mm. that that will say like, hey, you know, I'm going to be in town and uh, and I want to and I just want to come by and just hang out. Sure, come on down. I would love for them to do that. I'd like to get to know our our small community. You know, and I always say it's like a family. And I believe in that. Because when you go to AAPW, you're not treated like another wrestler when you're when they're working together because it's a family atmosphere. So you don't feel like, you don't feel like you're just another wrestler there. And I, and that's what I try to pass on here. PCW is family. Whether you wrestle for us one time or several times, you are family to this organization. Mm. You know, one of my, personally, one of my, uh, favorite uh, people to work with has been Joshua City. If nobody knows who Joshua City is, look him up. He's in San Diego. Go visit his bar. <laughs> but, you know, he's getting back in the ring after a long absence, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I was one of his first matches back because Pops asked me to wrestle him. Mm. And I was excited to and Joshua City is honestly one you should have on your show. He has a hell of a story. Hmm. No, I'm always interested to learn about about new people and and to learn their stories as well. So I'll have to definitely. I have a little notebook where I keep names. I'm going to put that down. Yeah. I mean, oh, and just to throw them out there, Tyler King. That's another one. Hmm. He went from working. Uh, BG East wrestling to being one of the most influential, and I say it like that, influential tag team wrestlers on the scene right now. And these are guys I would love to have on our, at our event, mm-hmm. but we don't have, but we don't have that luxury to get that exposure. That's why a lot of people heard of Matter of Pride before us. Yeah. By all means, I don't. I don't hate them for it. Heck, if you have that that mass marketing juggernaut of advertisements and people that are writing uh, articles about your event, hey, go for it, dude. Go for it. Get your name out there. A lot of a lot of good guys went through there, and a lot of good guys. And I say guys, but I mean guys and gals. Yeah. But a lot of good guys and gals have gone through there. And look at where they're at now. Look at where they're at now and look at where they're heading to. I am I am beyond ecstatic to where PCW can go. But if we never get any recognition, I'm not gonna cry over it. At least I know 
myself at the end of the day, I did everything I could to make this company mean something. And yeah. I do have and I do have contingency plans in case of anything ever happening to me. Hmm. Because I want it to be I want it to be in the hands of people that will believe in the cause of what we're doing and why we're doing it. We're showcasing the the best LGBTQ talent that this that this country has to offer. And if even if I don't even if I don't get everyone I would love to have come through here, I would at least like to say that we've had a good amount of that come through here. And we create that family atmosphere to the point to where they're welcomed every time that they're here and they hit us and they hit us up to just hang out. We're like Olive Garden. Well, you're here, you're family. <laughs> I love it. And honestly, like it really seems like that's what the, the company has really cultivated so far um, in its existence. And it's, it's, I love the fact that Pride San Antonio it works so, so closely with y'all and that that relationship is strong there. And, you know, it's, it, you know, it might not, PCW might not have the same recognition as like, you know, the, the hood slams or the butch versus scores or like even what Effie is doing with the big gay brunches, like that sort of thing. But, yes. you know, it's still very much a, a grassroots. Effie, book me. Yes. <laughs> hey, there's a Chicago's coming up. <laughs> let, let me let me just say this for anyone yeah. that's listening. I have one thing I would like to do before I retire. Mm. I have never had the opportunity to wrestle outside of Texas. Mm. If somebody can make that happen, please, please, please let me know. I would like to at least, at least do that at least one time mm-hmm. before I am done. Somebody get on it. I'm just somebody get it on it. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. No, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I'm excited to, to, to get to talk to you a little bit more being as I've, been you know looking into pcw over the past few years and and learning about it i feel bad that it wasn't on my radar earlier honestly but um i will say in terms of exposure you are going to get some of that from the out in the ring documentary because pcw is is folk there's a definitely a focus on pcw in that film coming up um what was it like for you to get to kind of have that connection made and to be put into this documentary that is specifically highlighting the history of LGBTQ pro wrestling. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, I, I see it as a great honor uh, to be a part of that. I mean, Rye Levy has been so awesome in bringing that, this story to the forefront, a story that needed to be told for years one documentary on one wrestler was not enough. You had to look at the entire aspect from the early from the early days all the way to where we're at now. Because it just shows you the evolution. And and still to this very moment, I still don't I don't see that 
in us yet of being a part of that movement. As much as you say it and other people have said it, I personally don't, probably because I don't feel that we're at where we're at that level where everybody else is. Because we're like a small blip under the radar. And we get by on stealth mode. That's how we're moving along. And this documentary, yeah, it's going to throw us out there into the forefront. I don't know what that's going to do for us, but I am, I'm excited and I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to view it with a hundred of my closest friends because I've talked about having a premiere here. Mm-hmm. for it and not only that but to have my story told Sal's story told uh Riza's story told Anthos's story told you know Romero's have all these people and it's you kind of sit beside yourself and you kind of like just breathe it in even just for a moment, you just breathe it in and be like, yeah, you kind of earned this one. Whether you agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you on that. You know, you definitely earned this one. For sure. And like, even I, to me, and this is where I come from, whenever I, I put PCW alongside the other ones, is that like, no matter the level that you're at, it's one of those things where the the message that you're sending the environment that you're creating and the community that you are giving representation and a welcoming environment to um those are the things that that really prop up these things in a way and you know even if it's just for san antonio right now pcw has that to hang their hat on and and you're doing it in an area that that you know vastly needs it and you've been doing it for a while and you've had longevity and i'm sure it's going to continue for years to come so or at least i i sincerely hope it does let's put it that way me too <laughs> well madness it's been a, it, i've been so happy to be able to have the chance to talk to you a little bit let everybody know where they can uh find you and pcw online um i wouldn't say go to facebook right now for pcw because I recently uh, had my, well, not recently, but uh, back in last year in October, I had my phone stolen. Mm. So I don't have access to my old Facebook or PCW. So I'm going to have to create a new one. Mm. So keep an eye out for that. But you can follow uh, PCW on Instagram at Pride Wrestling TX. Uh, you can look us up there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at pup underscore madness. You can also use the same the same one for Twitter, but not the other one. <laughs> no, no worries. Well, thank you so much, Madness. Yes, thank you. Thank you to all your listeners. And that's all I have to say. Why? Because I have no catchphrase. My thanks once again to Madness for stopping by the show and sharing so much about his own experience, his own journey, as well as, uh, you know, 
um, some of the, the history behind PCW, you know. Um, I really do stand wholeheartedly in my belief about the uh, the escapism and about the um, really kind of slipping into a different idea of yourself that comes with, you know, um, putting on a persona no matter what it might be, whether it be, you know, kink or a different... Um, idea of yourself in, in another form or anything like that and, and that was a really interesting route that this conversation took for me personally so um, definitely check out Lucha Oso uh, August 28th down there in San Antonio check out what else uh, Pride Championship Wrestling has coming your way for the rest of the year um, I'm excited to see where they uh, start landing uh, as we start to emerge from the pandemic here and get back to having live events and live crowds uh, at a more wide uh, span of, of areas across the country. So yeah, um, that being said, I think that's going to do it for us here on a special Sunday edition of the show. Come back on Thursday, our regular day. We'll be back on the regular schedule this coming week. Um, and we will have another exciting guest as we continue this odyssey through LGBTQ pro wrestling. <laughs> but until then, um, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, and congratulations to MV2 Belts. Bye! Give me the